poor Jenny. She's podcasting with us next week. And she wrote and said, so it's, it's in two weeks, right? And I said, no, we're, we've, we've moved up a, a week. She said, okay, I can do it next week. I said, perfect. We'll see you next week. And then I just sent her a message. You know how I said we're going to do it next week? Yeah. How about the following week? And she said, okay, I'm fine. That's fine. I understand. And I'm like, hang on. We're going to podcast now. <laughs> She's like, okay. Confusion. <laughs> mm-hmm. Just to add a little extra spice to her life. Yep. We do like to do this little extra spice stuff. Oh. You sound fine. Okay, I sound okay. Mm-hmm. You're still very quiet on my end, but I can work around it. <laughs> oh, I did. Whoa, there you go. Really loud there. Okay, don't be fine. No, that's probably yeah, not a good idea. Yeah, just eat your microphone, then you'll be fine. Settings. <laughs> <laughs> and it just says default mouse. Oh, I Aw. Ooh. Cal Worthington. Aw. That's just sad. I'm probably the only person on this call that knows who that is. Sounds familiar. He was a car salesman. He, he did commercials when I was a kid. And he always had lions and tigers and bears on his cars. Oh, my. Uh-huh. His dog Spot. And and the dog Spot was always a lion or, or a tiger or something. Apparently, he died today. Tiger? No. The guy. The guy. He was 92. He actually died yesterday. Well, I think he's probably... <laughs> That's all right. Not fine. Mm, all right. Never mind. I mean, is he just a local celebrity or? I think so. I think he's fairly local to California. Okay. Yeah. I, I live on the side. Yeah. I didn't expect you actually would, would know of him, but. Here's Cal Worthington at his dog spot. Any model, any make, go see Cal. Give your pocketbook a break. Go see Cal. It's a giant supermarket. Save a model. Plant smart. From the dealer with a heart. Go see Cal. How close are you to Seattle? Um, about three hours, two and a half, three hours. Uh oh, are you heading? There's a race. My girlfriends and I were talking about doing a, a new race, maybe next year, called the the Chocolate uh, 15K. Mm-hmm. The hot chocolate race, and it's a lot, lot fun. There's one in Seattle. Ooh. We could go out and see Sue. There you go. No. That would work. Yep, possible. Or maybe I could, us. I could come and see you. Okay, bye. But I know you want to see the farm, so. Yeah. Eat. And eat. <laughs> yeah, I know. We have four people visiting, and we've been doing a lot of eating. And, you know, we had the first meal planned. We were all excited, and we didn't get, the avocados didn't get ripe. So we couldn't do that. So we had to change ideas. And they loved last night's meal, but it made exactly enough for all of us to have one helping. And then it was gone, which was fine. I mean, we got enough. And then today I made my patented uh, tomato cucumber mozzarella dish, and they all love that. So they're eating well at least. So we should probably get this started just because we're so late, and I know you won't want to uh, be too, too late. Mm-hmm. We can try and breeze through things. I don't know how successful we'll be because we rarely are okay. when we try to do that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You're not saying anything mean about your computer or about the fic? Oh, no, about, about Ryan. We might be able to breeze through them. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Sorry, Ryan. All right. I don't know. We have our moments of uh, monologuing without him, too. So. Mm-hmm. Touche. Touche. Anyhow. For January 1st, 2015, this is episode 201 of Potterfic Weekly. 
Welcome to the place where the story never ends. Hey, Ronnie, the next time. Previously on Pacific Weekly. Where would you like to start, Sue? <laughs> well, let's start at the beginning. That would be awesome. My resolutions for this Potterfic weekly season is not to snort. Welcome to Potterfic whatever. <laughs> oh, Scott. Did we, did we lose Scott? Okay, what did I miss? Am I like surrounded by Hufflepuffs? You yes, are. you are. Yes, you are. Apparently, I'm Jen, and I don't know my alphabet. <laughs> no, she's the poster child for our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. I snort. I think I need more meds. My meds have kicked in, I can tell. Sure. <laughs> I think that's two. That could possibly be three. Moving right along. I felt like a rock star. Just really big knickers. Pants are your underpants, not oh. trousers. Waterpick Weekly, defining strange terms for your edification. <laughs> But I was planning on getting grammar anytime soon. Really, honestly. <laughs> Sex and snorkax, two of my favorite subjects. I love snake. You are quite possibly clinically insane. In the nicest sense of the word, of course. <laughs> we'll always laugh before the end. Out of it we please. Where the story never ends. Welcome to Potterfic Weekly. I'm Sue. I'm Scott. I'm Trisha. <laughs> and we are starting with Chapter 16 of Shadow Walks by... If all goes well, this Lori... will be our last section of chapters. Yep. Lorian 829. Yes. We should actually acknowledge the author. Sorry, I interrupted you there. That's okay. <laughs> we got her in there somewhere, so that worked. Uh, uh, when we last left, um, Harry had just been dragged off to another universe in the middle of trying to consult with an alternate Hermione about how to find his Hermione, mm -hmm. because the one that he found in the universe where possibly all his dreams came true was Hermione worked at the uh, Department of Mysteries, so he figured she might know some stuff about this, and he managed to have a chat with her through nearly headless Nick, because when he's insubstantial, apparently the ghosts can see him at least, mm -hmm. but they didn't get all that far except for he now knows there probably is something he can do, but not what it was. <laughs> right. Uh, and so he's been dragged off to another universe, and he's in a different Godric's Hollow. Right. And he, he has uh, Luna's voice in his head going, you don't want to reappear somewhere restricted and get into trouble. And he realizes that his uh, babyhood home in this universe is not this beautiful, pristine house that it was in the universe he just left. And he also realizes that he's set off a ward. He sees this, like, shadow flick from his eye, and he's like, uh-oh. And so he's trying to get out without causing any troubles. Mm -hmm. But... And apparently he doesn't already exist in this universe because he seems to be solid. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which and makes things a little trickier for him. For being sneaky. Yeah. And as he's moving his way slowly through the kitchen area, he's just barely missed by Spellfire. And he's like, damn! And he rolls to the floor and he can't apparate away. So he's, uh, he's got to... Like a, hey! I'm Harry Potter! 
<laughs> like, you dumbass. Yes, but he's not sure if that'll work in this universe because he's either already dead or never existed and he could do that and people will be like, who? Mm-hmm. What? Um, what are you talking about? Well, the person shooting at him says, who are you and what are you doing here? And he recognizes the voice. It's Hermione's voice. And so, and it distracts him just long enough to uh, get hit with the leg locker curse. Then she recognizes him. But she thinks he's polyjuiced or something because she knows that he's dead, at least dead yeah. in that universe. He's like, no, really, I'm Harry. And she's like, no, you're not. Who are you? I'm going to AK you. And, yeah, not so good. He says, I'm not from this universe. And she says, oh, really? Uh-huh, that's um, original. Haven't heard mm-hmm. that one before. But uh... <laughs> Have you heard of our other podcast, the Moderately Original one? Yeah, that's me. I'm Moderately Original. No. <laughs> I just look at the ministry and mm-hmm. no! Yeah. And so he's trying to tell her what happened. And he's like, uh, we were fighting against Voldemort. And he says the name questioningly and she nods, nods. And you were taken hostage and sent to another universe, stranded there for five years. Everyone thought you were dead. I've been looking for you. That is, my universe is you. Does this sound familiar at all? Because he's hoping it's really her. But it's not. No. I'm trying mm-hmm. to think, just apparent or like, it's like, I don't even know how to describe Mm-hmm. This like, I think Rambo. Yeah. She is pretty much Rambo Hermione. It's a survivalist. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. in her universe, Harry was nearly killed in the final battle. And um, I guess he was, really. He was actually killed. I thought for, it says he was killed, nearly everyone was, and I mixed them up as I was reading it there. Mm-hmm. But, um. So lots of people were killed, and she was left, and apparently the supremacists have sort of uh, weaseled their way back into power and now have basically taken over the ministry. Yeah, I think it's an and, uh, and she's kind of in hiding. Mm-hmm. And she makes him get up because they've been there long enough already, and she sort of decides to provisionally uh, trust him a little, although she still keeps him at one point uh, because... Her Harry would never have done anything to hurt her. Right. So. And he kind of wants to know, um, do you live here? Because this place kind of looks run down and dusty and not a really great place at all. But uh, she just sort of has been going around a lot of different places because, again, she's in hiding. Mm -hmm. She says she doesn't live anywhere. And she's rigged to the front door with uh, help from the Weasley twins. Right. Well, at least it's something that they would have done. And so she's done it. And she says, do you know them? And he's like, yeah, Fred and George, yeah. But then he doesn't really know what else to say. So she takes him down into, like, the basement, and he falls down the last stairs because they're missing. And she's like, oops, sorry, forgot to tell you. But she leaves him like that because people don't think that anybody's down there. And she makes him drink Veritas syrup serum and, you know, tests him for different things to find out if he's really, really who he says he is. No traces of Polyjuice or Imperius. Mm-hmm. She scans him first. Apparently she'd come up with charms or mm-hmm. nose charms to check that kind of thing. And so he takes the truth potion and explains most of the things that he's already said. Mm-hmm. Um, and that the, this whole thing was I mean, a revenge against him by Bellatrix and Dollhog. So what was that, Patricia? really quickly. I mean, without anything, no qualms or anything like that. I guess you, I don't know, I guess you 
when you're that desperate, you'll, you'll do anything, I guess. Um, yep. Yeah, he wants to prove to her that he is who he says he is, so Veritas Serum will do that. I love some of the questions she asks him. She wants to know if he's married to Hermione and then what football position he plays. And he's like, I don't play football. I'm a Quidditch player. I'm a seeker. He says that he lives in a flat with Ron Weasley and Luna, and she breaks down because they have died in this universe, too. And she's... She's all alone. She's the only one left. Yeah. Mm -hmm. She hasn't heard anyone talk about Ron in years. And Luna, she's sort of been in this with her for a while. But three weeks ago, they were supposed to meet up again, and Luna wasn't there. Mm -hmm. So she's pretty sure Luna's been caught and killed now. Yeah. And so she wants to know if he's come all this way to look for the other Hermione. And he says yes, and she says why, and he says why do you think? And she says, well, then she's very lucky. And then all of a sudden Harry's like, wait, were you and he? Were we together? And she's like, no, 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 no. But sometimes I wondered. And then he died. But then he got killed. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And basically what happened was Voldemort was already dying. And as he was dying, he twisted his signet ring and muttered an incantation and killed Harry through the scar. And so then they were both dead. And, you know, and Harry's like, but if Voldemort was defeated, then why are you a hero? Why are you hiding in the cellar? And we find out that almost everybody died and everything was destroyed. And Lucius became minister of magic and he declared martial law. He took over the bank. He started blaming the muggles for everything. And now everything's ministry run and mudbloods are worse than second class citizens. And she's a wanted criminal. And it's basically just like it was in year seven when Voldemort was in charge of the, the ministry where she was wanted then too. Yeah. And they've started, Lucius and the ministry have started seizing people's assets when they disappear, which uh, mm-hmm. is even more incentive for them to disappear people. Yeah. And that. Uh, I can't remember from canon, but I don't really think that's something Voldemort would have thought of because she doesn't care about money as much. Right. But it's a very lucid thing to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes, you can never have too much. Mm-hmm. I mean, Voldemort never had had money. So money's not a priority. Mm-hmm. Just like if you look around them, you do have money, like the mouse. Or, I mean, even uh, not Sirsa, but Bellatrix, she had a fortune. Mm-hmm. Probably do some of the older ones. I don't know. Maybe even Dollahawk and everybody else. They might have, they might have had some fortune depending on how they spend or use the money. Right. Yeah. And Harry wants to know why she doesn't just leave. And he says, you know, go out of here. Go to America. Do something. And she says, I feel closer to him here. And Harry says, he's gone. You need to take care of yourself. And he wouldn't want to see you like this. And that makes her mad. Mm-hmm. Because you know what? You call him the Mm-hmm. And basically, she and she lets him have it, you know, because he says he wouldn't want you to be mourning over ghosts. And she says, well, isn't that what you're doing? You're chasing this ghost of Hermione. And he says, well, I do have a plan, but I need to figure out how to do it. And he tells her his idea, and she says, all right, well, I guess we're breaking into the ministry. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. Okay, girl. Yeah, nice of us not to leave you all there. <laughs> so, 
So we're on to Chapter 17. Yep. In which uh, Perry is incredulous. Right, you're just going to break into the ministry? That's the, that's the bull. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah. apparently she has a plan. She's broken into the ministry before. She has a way that she does that. Yeah. He's like, you're wanted felon. What are we going to do? Get little name tags from the welcome desk? And she looks at him and says, that's what you would do. I have a better plan. And he kind of deflates. <laughs> yeah, because apparently Luna has set up a, basically a tunnel for her in through the Department of Mysteries mm-hmm. because she worked there in this universe as well. Yeah. And um, Luna went one of the- above and beyond her call of duty to keep herself into the position to stay in the Ministry of Magic. And, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll say she just did. Mm-hmm. So what were you going to say, Scott? Oh, just one of the things we did skip over last chapter was it seems the the splitting point for this universe is that Draco's poisoned meat idea actually worked. So um, mm. Dumbledore died half a year or more sooner than in canon, and everybody... Everybody basically figured out it was Draco, but um, Slughorn ended up going to Azkaban for it for a few months. They didn't have time to work out stuff about the Horcrux as much. So Yeah. I think he takes a, a bit of a nap, and then they get ready to go. I'm skipping us ahead a bit. Mm-hmm. Now, Mostly they just talk about how they set up the way into the ministry and things like that. Mm-hmm. And that you can... You can do all right under Lucius if you, you know, stay in your place and mm-hmm. do things the way he expects them to be done. But they really don't like doing that. Trisha, you got to talk loud. Okay. Um, I was just saying that I mean, the reason why he has to take a nap is in so many, in so many ways. I mean, when he is in his like spirit, I guess spirit force. Uh huh. That's the best way to say it. He does. He does not feel hunger. He does not feel tired. But the thing is, when he is transported back into into like solid form, I guess. Mm-hmm. The thing is, it's still, I mean, it's still being spiritual. It takes toll on you. Oh yeah. It's kind, of, kind of, it's kind of like a time little catch up thing in there. He's going to be hungry. He's going to be, he's going to be tired. But yeah. That's how I. Yeah, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we make you put it down so we can hear you, and then you breathe into it. It's pretty funny. I have a, a voracious cloud of uh, fruit flies buzzing around my head. Oh, they're horrible. We picked grapes yesterday, and a bunch of grapes yesterday, and I juiced grapes, and we we're drying them for raisins, and we have some out for eating, and there must be 500 fruit flies in there. So, Scott, if you have apple cider vinegar, I just made this trap. I don't know if it's worked yet because I left it as soon as I made it and came over. But it's apple cider vinegar, a little bit of dish soap to break the surface tension so they'll drown. And you put it in a bowl or a jar and you cover it with saran wrap, some sort of cling wrap, and poke holes in it. And they crawl inside and drown. But you have to wait until hmm. after the podcast. Yeah, I, I did the same thing. I've tried it with um, balsamic vinegar and it works okay. They don't, and they aren't as fond of that as the apple cider, I imagine. Mm-hmm. But. I hadn't, uh, I hadn't been covering it with anything, so that might help as well. Yeah, I had wine out because they really like wine, but the grapes are just so much better. So, because mm-hmm. I don't like wine, and it was mom's. I know she found the glass and she's like, "Are you drinking wine now?" And I was like, "No, it's a trap for the fruit flies." And she's like, "Uh huh, I see how you are." <laughs> and it's three buck chuck. It's not that bad. Do you guys have three buck chuck on that side of the world? 
Do you have Trader it Joe's? Ring a bell, but um, but I don't do wine, so yeah. I don't think we have Trader Joe's in Canada. You there might be a don't few, have it. not where I've been. Mm-hmm. Apparently, there's something interesting about my mirror. There's about ten of them just sitting on that. <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah. Oh, the fruit flies. <laughs> yep. Anyway. They uh, pack up a knapsack. He sort of uh, says something, you know, we can't do this. You're not, I'm not. And she's like. They have a little moment when he wakes up. And uh, then he has to kind of pull himself back because it's not the right Hermione. Right. And she feels bad. So they pack up the rucksack and she's got some rope. And he's like, what do we need rope for? And she's like, well, to get down the shaft, we can't use magic. And he's like, oh, that makes sense. And uh, he's like, have you done this before? And she says, yeah. Have you ever done anything unauthorized or Potter? And so he tells about breaking into Draco's villa. Mm -hmm. Hey, how did you know I was an or? It's like, yeah, of course you are. Mm -hmm. So they fly up to the top of the ministry building, and Harry's trying to figure out other ways to do it. But this vent is the only way that they can get in. And he's looking at it going, I'm not going to fit in there. And uh, no magic, she says. No magic. And he's like, he's what? I was waiting for her to bring out. I was ready. Well, he might need it because he's going to get stuck. And uh, the rope, actually, they're, they're, you know, they're partway down in. And he's like, um, Hermione, this, uh, rope, I think it's gonna, and just as he says that, it goes ping and snaps. And they go tumbling down. Mm-hmm. And of course, he's broken his glasses and he's on top of her. Oh, of course. We think that's all not from us to be doing good. My glasses, where's my glasses? <laughs> I can't see a thing without my glasses. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so. He's like, can it, did anybody hear us just do that? And she's like, ah, oh, Luna's got it silencioed. And they crawl up to the grate and carefully get ready to go. But Harry's got a sixth sense and something's wrong. It's too quiet and too still. And Hermione says, no, look, the broom in the corner's upside down and that's Luna's signal for everything clear. And she starts to lean out and Harry says, nope, something's, something's not right. You need to go really, really slow. And they turn the corner and they find Luna in a pool of blood. Well, he oh. finds Luna in a pool of blood and she comes behind him. And she's mm. been, yeah, she's had her throat slit. And he's saying to himself, it isn't her, it isn't her, it isn't her, it isn't her. Because he's thinking of his roommate. And, you know, this is a devastating to him. It's devastating to this Hermione, too, because this is her last friend. But Harry's not used to this kind of stuff, and she's at least used to what's going on in this universe. Mm-hmm. So. And she works out that this whole thing is a trap. That they've mm-hmm. worked out she's been letting people in. Yeah. And so now they're, they'll be coming for them. Yeah. And so he says, all right, well, if they know we're here, it doesn't matter if we use magic or not. Yeah. We've got some things to do. And he seals them in. Mm-hmm. And then the magically sealed door starts to rattle and he's like are you ready to go it's i think we've worn out our welcome and he calls her love which i'm sure she's not gonna be too happy about and luna has left a portfolio on multiverse theory so 
Uh, Luna's apparently got some things going on mm. here as well. And uh, once again, we have a line from Total Eclipse of the Heart. For chapter 18. Mm-hmm. So. I suppose we'll have to put those in. I don't know. Yeah, we'll have to have, or at least the turnaround. What, Trisha? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> it's always fun. I wonder if we'll be able to find the other songs or if we want to. Mm-hmm. I, I think just the Total Eclipse of the Heart because that's so Profoinian. Yes. <laughs> so, so Hermione's got a pile full of all sorts of stuff in her arms, mm-hmm. and uh, Harry takes some of it so he can carry it. And she's taking off the knapsack and flipping it open so they can check everything in there. Yeah, she's shrinking everything so it'll fit and... They head for the open grate, and uh, meanwhile, the other people that are trying to get in have got a chink in the door, and it's getting wider and wider, and so they can shoot spells at them, but they they don't have very good aim because they don't have enough space to really do it. They really can't see where they're Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. They're a little way she's lying, but one does get get her mind and she she cuts. Yeah. And he's saying, get up the vent! So she levitates herself, which she's going to have to do because there's no rope anymore. Mm-hmm. And he reductos a shelf and puts the grate back in and starts heading up. Tries to get her to keep going, but she won't when he's not coming yet. Mm-hmm. And he wants to know if she can go up about halfway and hold there because he wants to rig something. And so that's what they do. And uh, <laughs> he's, you know, causing all kinds of trouble with the ventilation system. He drops a he drops a coin and then transfigures it into a square that looks like the metal the ducts are made out of, so that it blocks off the shaft that they're going up. Mm-hmm. So hopefully the Death Eaters or um, the Ministry people will not realize where they went. Right, and then they go up, and he kind of looks through because the rope's still hanging from the ventilation shaft. So he kind of looks around to make sure that no one has seen it. And they get out, but there's a a jolt that goes through them like they've touched a, a live wire. And That's because they have to brace against each other as she's climbing out of the van. Oh. Chemistry, don't you know? The chemistry, yes. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the, but there's others coming. And she's like, well, if we go back down the vent, we're going to be cut off. We, but if we leave on the brooms, they'll see us, and Harry grabs her around her middle and says, do you trust me? And she says, of course I do. And he brings his wand arm down and points at the roof and hurls them into the sky. And they go up and up and up and up and up and up. And then he operates them away. Yeah, because he had to get far enough away from the ministry to pass through the wards. Right. And so he's gone through the top of the dome that they make, presumably. And then it reminds me of this little thing in, in the movie of how he gets up and the water really fast. Right. Mm-hmm. Wow. And as I was reading that just now, I was um, hearing Aladdin in my head with the do you trust me thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Is it safe? Sure. Do you trust me? What? Do you trust me? Yeah. And when they get back to her place, which is really his old house, he wants to know if they'll look for her there. And she says, well, maybe they found me. They knew I was here once, but they've never really found me. And he offers to help heal her 
and she won't let him. And so she's perfectly capable after all. Mm-hmm. And she wants to know, all right, we've got this stuff from the ministry. What are you going to do now? And well, he's going to try and figure out how to use his magical signature to calibrate this crystal so that it will draw him to the right Hermione or at least the right universe. Yeah. And she says, and then will you leave me? And he says, well, yeah. And she said, all right, let's do it. And he's like, but because he's, you know, he loves her. It's not the right her, but it's still he loves Hermione and she's a Hermione. And he doesn't want to leave her here because he, he's afraid she's going to die. Right. I mean, she has no one. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. Why would he break over He had no one to. Yeah. And she's like, why can't you love me? And he says, I do love you. But, I, you know, I love you with all my, my soul and my heart and soul. But I love the other Hermione, too. And you're not her. You're not my Hermione. Mm-hmm. He said. And it's also, he's, whether they ended up getting together or not, it's like maybe his Hermione doesn't feel the same way or whatever, mm-hmm. but then he still has to get her back to her right universe. Right. the right thing to do. Yeah. He's just like, leave this place. Go to Australia. Go to America. Go somewhere. You can't stay here. And she says, if I do that, then you're really dead. And she says, well, and he says, well, maybe you need to accept that. And again, call her black. But the thing is, her money isn't, his money isn't dead. That is the kicker. Right. Well, at least we don't think she's dead. We don't know that for sure yet, but. Oh, yeah. I mean, until he Yeah, you still have the way to go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. This is only, what, second universe? It's, well, the second one we saw a lot of stuff in, or the third, yeah. But he passed through a bunch of them in one of the chapters where they just skipped over several of them. There was the one where he was evil, the one where he was married to Hermione, yeah, yeah. and this one where the ministry's not. And there were other ones, too, but nothing he really stayed in. So he yeah. starts to yawn. But first of all, he he's nicked a book while he was there. He enlarges it and gives it back to Hermione, and then he yawns. And she tells him to go to sleep, and she'll work on things while he sleeps. And Yeah, and he tries to say, well, this is my quest that I'm doing. You shouldn't have to do anything. And she says, well, since when have I not helped you with research stuff? Right. So... So then we switch scenes and we've got Ron and we've, they've just had court and. The, what, what kind of, the real, okay, for lack of better term. The prime universe Ron mm-hmm. for this story. Right. Yeah. And yeah. And Draco's there and, and, uh, actually he's, they're strolling in. They're just getting ready for court and Draco's there and he's all dressed all Natalie and. He meets Ron's eyes with all the friendly openness of a great white shark. <laughs> nice. That is kind of funny. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they want to know where Potter is. Draco's like, where's Potter? And Ron says he went to go find Hermione. And Malfoy's like, Granger's dead. And Ron's having trouble because he's going through withdrawals. And, of course, the the lawyer's all posturing, and he wants all charges against Malfoy dropped. They're without merit. And the the judge wants to know on what grounds, and he says, well, the arresting order hasn't showed up, and there's no evidence or any evidence that he's presented will be removed from testimony. 
And so it's not going to be fair to my client, yada, yada, yada. You know, lots of lawyer talk. And the prosecutors as well. We've got other orers who can corroborate the arrest and Ministry Unspeakables who sent him to make the arrest in the first place. And we've got his pensive memories and, and mm-hmm. et cetera. Yeah. And they go, they go sort of back and forth a little bit about whether discoveries in the villa can be allowed because it was illegally breached and oh no he actually had reason from the unspeakables and uh, they won't admit the judge decides they won't admit uh, evidence from legitimacy because that's a little beyond what they can do but the memory of him well i mean villa villa was there right yeah they decide they don't have enough evidence to charge him on kidnapping hermione because neither harry nor hermione are there but they do have evidence to um, try him on abetting Bellatrix because she was obviously there and alive when she was supposed to be dead. Right. But Draco's feeling very full of himself, and Ron's afraid that he's going to walk. That fairy little bastard's going to get off scot-free. But the judge is going to give some... uh He's going to give him a little leeway. And, of mm-hmm. course... <laughs> Draco sh- stands up shouting, that wasn't me, that was, and his lawyer pulls him down, shut up, <laughs> you know. Mm-hmm. That, that's on when they bring up the unforgivable curse, because mm-hmm. he's going to say, oh, well, that was Bellatrix that shot the curse, but he yeah. shouldn't be admitting that. <laughs> no. Yeah, and, and the thing is, I mean, Dra- Draco, I mean, he is a little fairy. He's going to blame others for, for anything he's done. Of course he's going to blame Bellatrix for stuff. Right. That's- mm-hmm. So they they decide that he because of his great wealth he is a flight risk and they're gonna keep him in ministry custody until the trial. So basically, this is just the pre-trial to decide whether or not there's enough evidence to actually have a trial. Mm-hmm. And Ron really hopes Harry will come home soon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we move on to chapter nineteen. We do. We do. And Harry wakes up again. And he sort of has to gather himself, and he realizes, oh, yeah, I'm in that universe with the, that's what's going on. Mm-hmm. And Hermione's in bed with him, which gives him a little bit of a jolt, but mm-hmm. she's just sleeping, and she's not curled up into him or anything. She's as far away from him as she can get. She, I mean, no matter the like, that in my opinion, it's possible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so she says she's sorry she didn't mean to take up room, but the floor was so cold, and he doesn't mind. He says, why don't you rest some more, and I'll make breakfast. And he goes to look and see what to have, and she's like, well, usually I have toast and a banana. So, And she wants to tell him what happened, but he says, it can wait until after we eat. And he says, you know, and then she doesn't want his pity. You know, who wouldn't be eager to leave this wretched place? And he is eager to leave it, but he doesn't want to leave her behind either. And he doesn't pity her. He just doesn't want her to throw her life away. Yeah. And an interesting thing, which I guess we can bring up here as well as anywhere, is I believe this Hermione and her universe is what gets picked up in the sequel to this story. Mm-hmm. I haven't read it myself, but um, there is a sequel. And I think it's close to being finished at this point. Or? There was just one chapter left, and I think it has been finished. I haven't read the last chapter, so I don't know for sure. It looks like I was wrong and that there was more than one chapter left to go, and it is still in progress, but it's still being updated, although slowly. 
But yeah, basically she takes his advice, but she doesn't do it the way he says to do it. She doesn't go to America or Australia. She pretty much follows him through the streams, universes, whatever you want to call them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think there's a, um, some foreshadowing of that a little bit later on here. Mm-hmm. We'll get to that. She also says she's pretty much figured it out, she thinks. Yeah, yeah she runs some tests and she shows him some, some things with ruins. Runes? There we go. Runes, yes. And she can show them how, how their constants are different because he's mm-hmm. not from that universe. And Luna had just started exploring this, so yeah, that's how she's signatures. able to do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a rune that's about who you are yourself. Who, who your family is, your astrological sign, your personality a little bit. Like most Gryffindors will have this kind of rune. Most Ravenclaws will have this rune. There's some shifting between it. It doesn't, it's not absolute, but you know. Mm-hmm. And then there's the constant, which everybody in the universe has, but she does the spell on him to show up his seven runes or however many there are, and then does the spell on her, and their constants are different because their universes are different. Yeah. So what she's going to do is tune his little dousing rod or whatever he has with this crystal to his universe constant, and it will find the next closest person with that constant, which should be Hermione. It's, she really, uh, I just appreciate it. She really thought this out, mm-hmm. how they're going to find each other. You know, I, I mean, as a reader, I just appreciated that. Because sometimes it's just so, it's like, all of a sudden, they find each other. Right. It, it, it was very well explored. It was very well thought out. It was really, very well explained. I liked it. Yeah. And it's like Ryan said last time, it's like reading all these different fanfics because you... You get to this universe and this is happening and you get to this universe and, or the next universe and something else is happening and it's, it is, it's like reading a bunch of different fanfics. Speaking of, I have one you need to read, Trisha. She's able to make the crystal so that he, he can track the other Hermione pretty easy. And he's like, that's it? That's all you had to do? <laughs> She's like, yep, easy peasy. It's done. Easy peasy, lemon squeezy. And he says, well, I should probably go outside. And she's like, yeah, you wouldn't want to, like, materialize in the cellar and be squished to death. And she gets ready to go out with him. And he says, thank you. I want to thank you for everything you've done. And he's, you know, being really formal and awkward. And she says, it's just me, Harry. And he said, that's what makes it so hard. And she says, goodbye, best of luck. And she's trying to be all chipper and everything. And he pretty much disappears and, or he gets ready to, or she tells him, that's it. She tells him the, the spell and he says, I mean what I said, don't stay here. You need to go. I love you. And he was gone. Yeah. And this is where she starts thinking, because she's got another one of these crystals mm. and Luna's book of theory. And if there are all these infinite possibilities, maybe she can find a universe where there's a Harry who's lost her. Right. And they could... Maybe uh, work something out. Maybe there's a Harry out there who needs me as much as I need him. She's going to try to find a way to alter her constant. Yeah, once she gets to a new place, she's going to see if she can alter her constant so that she can stay there. So she doesn't get, keep getting pulled away. Yeah, because, I mean, really, Harry doesn't have... 
Harry doesn't know how much time he has in this place. At least that's what it seems like. Right. Yeah. Um, he gets pulled away yeah, willy nilly. Yeah. Sometimes he can stay there a week. Sometimes he stays there and maybe an hour. Mm-hmm. It seem, it, yeah. It doesn't seem seems like there there's a set time. Yeah. And then we have poor Harry, and he's got high pitch whistling in his ears, and he's like, just on fast forward, and he's going through all of these universes, and he's, you know, just blinding speed, and then all of a sudden it halts, and everything goes black, and he falls forward, and he's very disoriented because he's just jumped ahead so far, and a voice says, "Hey, are you all right there, mate?" And he realizes that he is not out of phase. Mm-hmm. And, and he thinks at first, okay, he's just gone straight back to his own universe again. Mm-hmm. He recognizes the voice. And uh, but then the person says, uh, listen, you know, uh, I don't want to call the MLE, but this is private property and you've obviously had a rough night. So uh, maybe you could, you know, have a sobering potion. I could give you a couple of galleons, but you've got to go. It turns out this is a universe where Ron lives in Godric's Hollow and doesn't recognize him. Right. He fixes his glasses and he looks up and it's not, oh, it's not Luna that's in the window. It turns out that it's Hermione. Yeah. This is a Ron Hermione universe. It is a Ron Hermione universe. Oh, the you, the true one. Ron doesn't recognize him, which I don't remember why at this point, why he doesn't know who Harry is. And Hermione's crying. Oh, no, I guess they do recognize him. Uh, Ron doesn't recognize him when he's lying on the ground. But once he stands up, uh, Hermione's dropped a plate looking at him. And then Ron comes and looks at him and wants to know it's some sick joke because I guess mm-hmm. there Harry is dead. Right. And he's uh, he's like, I'm from another universe. I've come to take Hermione home. And Ron's like, you're not taking her anywhere. And what I find is funny. Honestly, in every single damn thing, especially this one, in every universe, he's always bringing his damn glass. You know mm-hmm. what? There's some, some kind of, like, automatic repair or charm on his lap. You're a freaking wizard. <laughs> Just makes them unbreakable, yeah. Yeah. I mean, obviously, the first years couldn't do that, but by now, you yeah. think he should probably I mean, do something. The orders would have something. Yeah. I mean, you would think they would have a charm, so you know, if you if you drop your vial of potion, it's not going to break Shatter. and mess everything up. Right. And so he's trying to, you know, talk to Ron, and Hermione comes to the door and says, "Let him in." And she, Ron's like, "Are you mad? This could be anybody. Harry's dead." And she says, "Harry is dead, but I believe him." And so they let yeah. him in. Yeah, you know what? That was a little too quick. Because mm. Harry is kind of sounding a little nuts. You know, I'm from another universe. Hermione was stolen. The Bellatrix was strange. Ah, I'll swear on Dumbledore's grave. And, uh, Dumbledore's not dead. Oh, well, oh, yeah. uh, he is in my universe. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so he goes in and, and she says, I don't remember any of what you've just described. And I would remember being forcibly removed from my universe and abandoned. And he's like, but, but you said you believed me. You don't remember anything. And she says, I believe you. And I know what Harry Potter looks like when he lies and even when he tells the truth. But Harry, our Harry, was killed six months after he defeated Voldemort. And so he, he's he got to think about it here. And then he realizes that Ron and Hermione are married. Yeah. Bloody hell. Mm-hmm. You're married. <laughs> I love Ron. It's just, yeah, go ahead. 
Ron says, it's the smartest thing I've ever done. And <laughs> they look at each other and have the stopping moment. Yeah. And then Hermione's looking at him as he sort of comes back to himself and she realizes that he's in love with the other Hermione. And uh, he admits it. And that's why he's come and he has to find her. Mm-hmm. And he says, you know, I was sure that he, you would be here. he takes out his crystal and explains about it. Mm-hmm. And then he, they say, well, we both work at the ministry, so we can help. I'm sure we can get somebody. And suddenly he, like, stands up and he's like, holy hell. And he realizes that his Hermione's out of face. And he's mm-hmm. uh, how do I find her? this is the Hermione from this universe, and she mm-hmm. still exists. So his yeah. Hermione would be there, but just not in phase. And he's like, okay, how do I find her? Ghost! Ghost! Ghosts! You have to, t- are the ghosts still at Hogwarts? And he's like, well, yeah, headless, nearly headless Nick is there. I've got to go. And he cracks off and apparates to Hogwarts and leaves poor Ron and Hermione staring after him going, what the heck just happened? Who was that that, that, yeah. <laughs> that would be like a hurry. <laughs> that must be a, that would be a very disjointed. Oh yeah. Thing. Yeah. Hi, silver away. Oh. So we move to chapter 20 and to Hermione's point of view, which is the first time we've had that in this story. Mm-hmm. And she is haunting Hogwarts. Oh, well, that's a good place. Not, not entirely haunting because she's not visible like the other ghosts. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's just sort of floating through the corridors and it's really kind of disorienting having gone through all the universes and she's seen some terrible thing like she saw the evil harry in the first universe right but eventually she's made it here she remembers the day she realizes that she's waiting for harry and her lips had curled into a bitter twisted rictus and she's like i don't even know if he survived the battle of hogwarts but or maybe everyone thinks i'm dead Mm -hmm. she's of course been making notes and finding out the patterns and Mm -hmm. Working out that sometimes she's in phase and sometimes she's not, and uh, she started carrying her notes on her person, so they always come with her instead of losing them. Yeah. yeah. And she just has this, you know, this fantasy where she finds he finds her and says, "I've come to take you home," and but she doesn't really. She wants to believe it, but she's not sure that it could really ever happen. Mm-hmm. She always goes. And she's been. This is, I think, what I was thinking of in the last universe. Uh, she has been to a universe where Harry and Ron don't recognize her. Hermione has never existed or um, never gone to Hogwarts anyway. Right. And so they don't know who she is. She talks about a little bit, you know, every time she goes to a new reality, she tends to wander around the same places. Right. And she'd been out of phase for the last four changes, and now she's, you know, worrying that she'll never be back in phase. She's pretty much feeling sorry for herself when she hears a voice calling her name. Mm-hmm. And we shift back to Harry's point of view. Oh, go ahead, Trisha. I mean, this 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 one being uh, Hermione, Hermione out of thing. This this Hermione, it's just too um, damsel in distress. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's some characteristics where she's taking notes and like that. But the thing is, I don't know. I mean, Harry and with Luna and stuff like that, have, have a five-year more ahead and a five-year start of looking for them. I would think Hermione would try to be looking for stuff. Like, she would leave the first Bellatrix, Bellatrix uh, what is that, uh, indication 
card and try to go from there and work out what's going on. But the thing is, she doesn't have a press release. Uh, I, don't mm-hmm. know. I don't know. It's for some reason, it just, this reminds me of Okay. Mm-hmm. I can see where you get that, but you also have to remember she's been at this for five years. Uh, Harry has been, has managed to, you know, catapult himself here in months or um, even weeks, whereas she has just been every few days, she's off in another universe and everything she kind of learned about the last universe doesn't apply anymore. And maybe she's got her notes and can kind of try and keep adding to them to work stuff out. But um, especially when she's out of phase like this, there's not much she can do to do anything. Right. Um, I guess you can't take notes and stuff, huh? No, it's hard to take notes when you're out of phase. Okay, I, I, I didn't think of that. So we have Harry, and he's talking to Sir Nicholas, and Nick's saying, no, Mrs. Weasley was here to have tea with Professor McGonagall, but there's no Hermione Granger ghost. And then he stops. You know, I assure you, the ghost would have noticed something like, and... Like that over there. (laughs) She's there, I see her. She just came through the Ravenclaw tapestry. And, you know, Harry whips around, Hermione, Hermione's there. And he calls... Hermione, Hermione, and she says, you know, Nick translates, I'm here. And he says, you know, what happened during the final battle? And she tells him what happened through Nick again. And Harry says, did you, you know, see my alternate self in the first universe that you were sent to? And he wants to know what he was doing, and she doesn't want to answer. And he says, I... You have to answer. I know what happened. You've got to tell me. I have to be sure. And when she answers correctly, you know. Nick is shocked. Yeah. <laughs> but he was the Dark Lord. And so he he knows that this is the right Hermione. And he just sort of looks in her general direction and says, I've come to take you home, which is exactly what she's been waiting for. Right. And McGonagall and Dumbledore have come up to kind of watch this because the other Hermione Granger is flu called them and told them, there's this crazy hairy guy that may be showing up there. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Stun him maybe until we can get him to say Mungo's, but yeah. And, you know, she says, I'm ready to go home. And he says, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It took you, it took me so long. And she's like, I knew you'd come. I just knew it. And he and he doesn't quite know what to do, you know. Mm-hmm. He reaches out a hand, and she moves a little bit closer, and her hands kind of melt through his skin. And she says, I'm here. And he says, I love you. Okay, I just got, I'm just getting myself confused because I'm seeing things that italicize, and I think it's Hermione, but it's really Harry saying it, so I'm sorry. There, it's all kind of yeah. italicized for me. She kind of uh, switches back and forth. Whenever it's from Harry's point of view, it's normal. And when it's from Hermione's point of view, it's italicized. And she hasn't put her little breaks in between just because it's she's going through the scene chronologically here. And she just sort of keeps bopping back and forth. Yeah. But Hermione, as they're talking, because they've got, you know, Ryan's monologuing going on. She starts to go out of phase. She starts to switch universes. And Nick's like, she's she's going, she's changing, and, you know, moving to a new universe. She says, you must hurry. And he says, okay, you have to be within the circle of the necklace. And Harry gets her in there, or she gets in there, and Harry closes his eyes and says, please let this work, please let this work, please let this work. And, and he says to... the incantation. Mm-hmm. And they're back on Hogwarts Green. Yep. And Luna drops her fork. 
And Ron's like, what's the matter? And she says, we've got to go. They're here. He's back. Because she knows she can feel the universe shifting again. And it feels Mm -hmm. right. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, of course, they're having lunch, and Ron's like, we have to go now? I'm not done yet. And she's like, no, he's back. (laughs) Okay. Luna's Luna's not really making sense. No. And, of course, uh, Harry falls on his face again, and mm-hmm. he has the same thought that Trisha had. He's like, can I fall on my back for once? Yeah. <laughs> I've broken my glasses five times now. <laughs> and he looks around, and there's a woman sitting cross-legged on the floor, looking at him in disbelief. And he says, Hermione? And she says, yes. And they have a moment. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And he, you know, he doesn't know what to do. He doesn't know if he should just fall on top of her and say, I love you, I love you, I love you, or what. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She says, uh, you look like you've got a lot on your mind. Mm-hmm. Which is kind of cute. I mean, yeah, I mean, you've been looking for someone five years, and all of a sudden they're actually here. You've just got kind of, kind of, yeah. kind of like, uh, what? Yeah. what? What would you do with themselves now? Yeah, he says, I know mm-hmm. what I'd like to do. And she said, hmm. But then he, he kind of talks himself out of it. He says, I meant what I told you earlier, but I know that you have a lot to deal with being back, and I'm not going to rush you. And she says, Harry, I made a decision a long time ago that I'm going to love you forever. Kiss me, you idiot. Kiss me, you fool. Yeah. And he says that... He's, he's remembering what Luna said about the universe being out of balance, and he's wondering if it's come around right. Yeah, he's wondering if she noticed, and she is right there and says, "Do you, did you really think she wouldn't? Mm-hmm. It's, Luna's just coming, and Ron is like, yeah, we just we ran all the way from the gate. <laughs> yeah. Hermione, it's good to see you. And she's thinking about their last meeting. And he apologizes. And here comes Luna. You made it back. (laughs) (laughs) Just in time for some dessert. Yeah. So Harry reaches over to drop a kiss on Luna's hair. And Ron's like, get your hands off my woman. (laughs) Your woman. Yeah. Honest Ron. Yep. And they. And then Ron says, we missed you, Hermione. Head down the stairs. And on to chapter 21. Moving on, moving on. And they're in the waiting room at St. Mungo's with bad cushioning charms. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because they're having Hermione checked over, of course, because she's been in a whole bunch of other universes for five years. Yeah, she <laughs> has. Who knows? Who knows what's going on? But she could have... That's Luna and whatever. Calpurnia. Calpurnia. They're there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because they're the ones that are most versed in the multiverse stuff. And we've got poor Harry just kind of sprawled out waiting for things to get done. <laughs> I love this. I reckon being stranded away from everything you know and find familiar has a way of resorting your priorities. <laughs> <laughs> Ron's still beating himself up, and Harry says you just need to let it go. You need to just let it go for good. She has, and that's what you need to do, too. And then they moan and groan because it's taking so long. Yeah. 
And he says, and you know, when Hermione finds out what you've been doing for the past five years, and Ron says, well, maybe she won't find out. And they just look at each other. Yeah. Yeah, she'll find out. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, they're going to know. And yeah, Harry's nervous because it's taking so long, and what are they doing, and what if something's wrong, and uh, um, then... Luna's there again. She's materialized this out of thin air quite often, it seems. Oh, or at least she, that, she appears to. She's a ninja. Mm-hmm. It's all you have to do is put a little thing of uh, tic-tacs in her and pop it. You're fine. You're fine. You're always here. Fine. <laughs> I suppose. That's true. Yeah. Ever so, carry some change. She's actually five years younger now because she didn't age the way the rest of them did because she was time-traveling. Mm-hmm. Not quite five years, because she was already a little bit older because of the whole time turner thing. But uh, yeah, that's too much math for my brain. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's yeah. That was the time where they when they start talking about in my eyes. <laughs> <laughs> but then Mister and Missus Granger show up, and you know he's like, "Damn, taxi passed this place four times. They could ease up the Muggle repellent charms just a bit." And Hermione's mom's like, what's going on? And Harry says, I'm sorry, I just didn't know how to do this over the phone. Mr. Granger says, have you found her? Harry says, yes, actually, but it's not what you think. Because they think she's dead. They found her body. Right. Um, But, no, they found a live Hermione. And here she comes. Yeah. Mom? Daddy? And they're just like, oh, my God. And they just, you know, converge on each other. Mm Mm-hmm. We thought you were dead. Where have you been? Oh, my sweet baby girl. That's a long story. But Harry found me, and he brought me back. And oh, just, well, you know, Harry is now God. Now. Oh, yeah. He can be the, he's going to be a the great son-in-law. There's no questions on oh, that one now. Yeah. There is nothing that boy can do. That, mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. But he, of course, says, well, you don't owe me anything, because I just... I'd do it again in a minute because it was worth everything to me. And Ron says, well, why don't you just get on my knee right now? Sawed off, Ron. <laughs> yeah. And so. the healer comes back in and says, well, things seem to be as good as can be expected. It's uh, kind of unprecedented. We've noted the difference in your age, but it shouldn't really be a problem. You're free to go. Uh, yeah, Mr. Green just like... So Hermione has to explain that to her parents. But. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they want to know where she's going to stay. And Hermione's like, well, the boys have a room for me. The three of us were getting a flat together, and is that okay? And Mrs. Granger said, sure, you're an adult after all. Just remember how much we've missed you, too. Because they don't want to give her up either. I was going to say, yeah. I yeah. My parents went, oh, hell no, mm-hmm. with us. And if the boys have to move in, they're, they're moving in, too. Yeah. It'd be like, <laughs> yeah, something like this happened. I said, I'm like, I'm not paying you. Getting out of my stuff? No. Yeah. I want to wake that up. That would be an interesting fic, too. Mm-hmm. Ron and Harry and Luna living with the Grangers. <laughs> <laughs> oh, just Luna with the Grangers. That would be great. No, Mr. Weasley, Mr. Weasley be coming in and go, just see Ron and go. And they talk about a little bit about Harry and how, you know, they came to the hospital after they, they heard about what had happened at the battle and that Harry was fighting them tooth and nail and, you know, he was really badly beat up, but they had to finally stun him just to work on him because 
he, you know, was shouting, you have to let me go, I have to find Hermione. And then he'd go and talk to them afterwards and let him know what was happening with the searches and stuff. Mm-hmm. And he was also dealing with poor Ron. And Hermione's like, what about poor Ron? <laughs> he was drinking a lot. <laughs> Oops. Mm-hmm. And Molly said he was destroying himself. And oh, she didn't know about that yet. Nope. I didn't know, Mom. Thank you. I'll take care of this. They've established that uh, she's probably not going to be in danger again because they've pretty much cleared up the Death Eaters now. And then Harry comes back in and says, uh, well, the trial's starting soon. We'll need to get going if you, uh, you have to get clearance in time. Yeah. And here, wear the invisibility cloak because it's going to be a media circus. Mm-hmm. So they take invisible Hermione down the corridors of the ministry. Mm-hmm. And uh, down through to the trial room, and Kingsley wants to know. Okay, well, uh, hey, it's good to see you. We haven't seen Harry in however long it's been. We, I don't think we ever actually find out how much time so passed. It's been weeks or months, but not. I don't know. Maybe not months. It's hard yeah, to say. It's hard to know how fast it goes. The trial will come Cause up because they're because you know, they're only just doing the trial. So yeah, it depends on how quickly their justice system moves. I guess. And Kingsley wants to know, okay, well, you're back. Did you find anything? And Hermione takes off the cloak. And, oh, that would be something, all right. Yep. Good show. I knew you wouldn't come back without her. And so what What does this mean for the trial today? And he says, well, she they was... They did list her as a witness. Mm-hmm. So the prosecutor could reintroduce that, and then uh, she could, you know, drop a bomb on the courtroom. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so they... They find out, he finds out that the legitimacy isn't admissible, but that Luna and Calpurnia can link him to the multiverse room. And we've got circumstantial evidence. And they think about, can they maybe link him to this necklace that they found? And no, that wouldn't work because Harry's has superseded anything Malvoy's done to it now because it's more recent. But then Luna has an idea because she knows that she was stunned and Calpurnia was memory charmed. So if they test Malfoy's wand and he's got those charms in his wand, mm-hmm. then, or no, if, if they test the, when Malfoy did that, he was carrying this necklace. Right. So if they test the necklace and it's got traces of a stunner and oblivion on it, then. Then they've got him dead to rights. Yes. And he, uh, so Harry gives the, necklace to Kingsley and they put it in an envelope and Kingsley writes on it and shouts for an order and he says, okay, they'll get something going and we need to get to the trial. So, yeah. and Harry's like, we've got to get her into the courtroom. The security measures won't allow the visibility coke inside. And Hermione's just sort of looking at him and he's like, what, why are you looking at me like that? Mm-hmm. And she has apparently... Unlike the other Hermione, who said, well, of course he'd be an or he'd never be anything else. This Hermione says, she kind of always thought he'd be a teacher. Mm-hmm. He says, well, maybe, except that finding her was more important. Mm-hmm. So Harry's interest in the entrance into the courtroom unleashes a torrent of whispers because they, nobody knew he was back yet. And Malfoy meets Harry's gaze, and he's got a bit of a sneer still. And Hermione and Luna have to wait outside the courtroom because they're witnesses. And the prosecutor jumps up when the judge comes in and says, okay, let's go. And 
the he wants the uh, set of charges that were dismissed to be re-looked at. And the judge says, what charges? Those are dealing with the alleged kidnapping of one Hermione Granger. And, of course, then the courtroom explodes. And the judge says, what new evidence do you have to offer? And Hermione walks in. <laughs> and That'd Gr- be some evidence, all right. Draco <laughs> goes white. <laughs> not much of a stretch for him, but... No, not much. So then we have a scene change, and we've got Harry Slouch. Skip over the rest of the trial. Yeah, and it's finally over, and we've got headlines. Long-lost member of heroic trio found Malfoy heir to receive kiss alongside Ant. And the biggest one, boy who lived rejects ministry job opportunity. But he's now a hero again, of course. Mm. Public's opinion has changed once again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's pretty much what he told him. And uh, Ron's like, and don't forget the part where he said there should be room up there since Malfoy was gone. <laughs> so now what are you guys going to do? And Hermione's like, yeah, what are we going to do now? And Harry says, oh, believe me, I have plans. And we move to the epilogue, chapter 22. Yeah, technically it's not a chapter, I guess, but... Yeah. Sort of is. And we're in the Great Hall, mm-hmm. and everybody's looking at Harry, and he's kind of... Why is everybody looking at me? Yep, and the headmistress is speaking, but he can't understand a word she's saying, because it's just like the gurgling of a brook, and but his he's eyes... looking at her mind. Yep, and she is beautiful. Absolutely beautiful, and she's got a radiant look of peace on her face, and he knows that it's because of him. Yeah, and he also looks at Ron and Luna, who are standing there watching. Mm-hmm. Ron gives him a toast. Yep. It's butterbeer. I swear. Yeah, because yeah, uh, Hermione notices him lifting his goblet and sort of scowls at him, and Ron puts it down. <laughs> And they introduce the new Defense Against the Dark Arts professor, Mr. Harry Potter. Yeah. And we find out that he'll be making his home there in the castle along with his lovely wife, who is going to be the new charms teacher. Is that right? No, no. She, she's pursuing a charms mastery. That's it. Under McGonagall and the new charms teacher, yeah. Professor Penhallow. So she's going to be an apprentice while she's here. Yep, learning, and then she'll just probably take over once that person decides to retire. Yeah. And Harry stops paying attention because she said the word wife. <laughs> yeah. Ah. Oh, slightly besotted is our Harry. And apparently, you know, the first few weeks were tough, and Ron was tentative and walking on eggshells, and finally he just you know, got catty with her and insulted her coffee, and she startled the life out of him by hugging him fiercely. And then they started fighting all the time, and it became like old times. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep. And then Hermione, uh, Hermione sort of throws down the gauntlet and surprises Harry in bed one night wearing very little, and Harry's like, what, what are you doing? And she's like, do you really not know? Because I'll teach you. Wow, wow. And he's like, but, but, but why? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
because he's leaving her alone. He doesn't want to push her too much, and uh, she's had enough of that. Yeah, and he's telling himself, don't muck this up, Potter. And it totally reminds mm-hmm. me of Ryan talking about Harry in the shower in the after the end. But he proposes after two weeks and gives her his mother's engagement ring. And, mm-hmm. and they had a, a small wedding. So it's not all that small, I guess, but uh, no. small in that not the entire Wizarding World was there. Yep. But, yeah, I liked this. I'm glad that Ryan and Mooney pushed to get it on here. I think it's a really neat idea, and I think that if you liked this, you need to read Shadow Walker, which is Hermione's story. But don't do it like I did, because I read the first half of it on my text reader, and I still had part of the first one, the one we just finished on my text reader, and so it seamlessly went from one to the other without me knowing it, and I was very confused. Uh Uh-huh. So the new Shadow Walker is 15 chapters, and I'm looking to see if that's the end. But I think this is a great concept. I mean, what a, a neat idea that she had, and I, I think she did a really good job with it. And it fits it well within um, other things. I mean, if you generally read canon pairings and that's you like, well, this is another universe. Then mm-hmm. there is at least one universe in here where the where Ron and Hermione are together, so, you know, it's a, it happens. And, uh, she's just sort of, uh, she's made text the kind of subtext of fan fiction, and that anything could happen, and there's all the universes out there. Right. I also like, just at the end here, apparently um, Harry and Hermione are Han and Leia, because <laughs> she, she mouths, I love you, at him, and he uh, says, I know, back. <laughs> well, you know... So, yeah, I just, I thought this was really a fun idea, and I like the the sequel, too, which I can't tell if it's finished or not. Its status is still in progress, but it's at 15 chapters. Hmm. There may be an epilogue or something coming, hmm. or maybe it will keep going, I don't know. Yep. I haven't read it at all, but uh, we'll, we'll definitely put a link to that in the show notes, so you can head over there as well. Or if you found the link to this, you can probably just click on the author name somewhere and get to it. Yep. That's what I just did, trying to, to look at it and see where it was. Trisha, do you have anything to say? No, I liked it. I mean, it was, I have to it. was my favorite, but I, there was a lot of concepts that I liked about it. It, it, it was different. I mean, it's just, it's just, I have a hard time with it. I'm not a Harry, a Harry Aaron or Mighty Mm-hmm. I did, I did do it. Yeah, and what's nice about this one is you don't really get the Harry Hermione until the last couple of chapters. I mean, you know that you don't get them together, at least. So, mm-hmm. if you It's a quest story more than anything. Mm-hmm. I mean, the yeah, ships are definitely there. That's what drives the plot, but, yeah. Yeah. And the thing is, yeah, and like, like I said, she had things well thought out enough. And, I mean, I appreciated that more because I, I do felt like saying, because the author said that. Mm-hmm. Kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, she had reason with it. Right. <laughs> Fun little thing. Just, I clicked over to the sequel, and for that one, 
she's made a total eclipse of the heart line, the line for all the stories, all the chapters, <laughs> the story line. <laughs> of course. <laughs> so there you go. Whereas in, in this one, the title comes from a line from a Green Day song. But yes, I enjoyed it. It was fun. I'm generally a canon shipper because I don't find anything particularly wrong with those, like some people do. But um, I don't mind reading other ones as well. I think it's kind of neat to see her with other people every now and then. I've, I've read a couple of, of good, you know, Harry Luna ones, a, a couple where he gets together with a Bobaton Girl or something like that or some other of the people we know. Um, right. And they work out well enough. I don't know if... It depends on how you write it, whether Ron and Luna works or not. I There's certainly evidence in canon that she uh, likes him, but it doesn't go anywhere. But if you choose to take it there, that can that can work. I've seen, you know, Neville Luna stories work, where in, in canon he's with Hannah Abbott. And, mm-hmm. uh, it, it basically depends on how people write it. And you, you can write almost anything and make it work if you get your background right and don't just say, bam, here are these people, they like each other. Right. Um, yeah, and, and exactly, and that's what she did. She made, she did make it. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that's why I can't say, I absolutely hated it. She did, she she made it believable, and, not, and I, I can appreciate it. Yes, it's not my favorite thing, but the thing is, it was well thought of it. It was well thought out, and that's what makes it, it makes it good. Makes it good. Yeah, it was a really good story, and we hope that you guys really... Enjoyed it, and we'll go on to the second one because I think it's well worth it. All right. And with and that, we'll have to get Ryan to send a voicemail about things or something because yep. he was planning to be on these and he only managed to make one of them. So mm-hmm. uh, we'll add him. We're a lot of stuff going on. <laughs> yes, yes, he's trying to remodel, and the granite is not working out right. So not a good thing. And I think there was maybe something with the toilet at this point, so, you know, and it's puffa. Yeah, it is. It's puffa. He should have known better. All right. Well, good night, everybody. Good night. Good night, everyone. Uh, or good morning or good evening or whenever you happen to be listening to us. That's it. And, uh, good day. Yeah. Hope you enjoyed the show. Um, if you're interested in reviews of other fandom things, check out Puffa Exchange. I believe they're covering Game of Thrones at the moment, so that's mm-hmm. your thing. Head on over there. Also check out uh, Point of View Weekly most Thursdays. They do all sorts of wacky fun stuff. So, yeah. Yay. Of course, we're just going to come out in a year, and so I, hopefully that, well, maybe they'll still be doing Game of Thrones. There's lots of them. <laughs> we'll yeah. We'll see. <laughs> They're on the 50th season by the Who knows? Yeah. yeah. Well, good night, everybody. So, to the wonder that those close brought to our Keep each other safe. Keep faith. Good night.